0: Candles for us.
1: Four Sundays ago, we lit the first Advent candle as a reminder of the hope that we have in Christ. Then three Sundays ago, we lit the second candle as a reminder of the peace that he gives us Wow, <laughs> <If I> can... <coughs> good wow that's <laughs> <Apocalypse>. <laughs> and then two weeks ago he lit the third candle as a reminder of the joy that he brings. And then last Sunday we lit the fourth candle as a reminder of the love God shows us in Christ. Now tonight it's Christmas Eve and the Advent season ends and we wait no longer. That great event that we've been waiting for has happened. God's promise of a Redeemer is fulfilled. Christ Jesus is born. And we light the Christ candle with praise to our God who sent our Savior into the world. I'd like to read you from the book of Titus, chapter 2, verses 11 through 14. And listen, as Paul writes this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he talks about that first advent, the second advent, and then how should we live our lives because of this. Paul writes, for the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. And we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this world with self-control, right conduct, and devotion to God while we look forward to that wonderful event and the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed in the second advent. He gave his life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us and to make us his very own people, totally committed to doing what is right. Can I hear an amen on that? Amen. 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 <laughs>
0: Now, as we love to tell the good news, we're going to go tell it on the mountain. So what we would love for you to do is to stand, if you can, and to join our musicians in Go Tell It on the Mountain. Please, let's join our hearts together in prayer as we go to the Lord. The Bible says in 1 John 4, 9, and 10, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Father, help us tonight individually and also as the body of Christ together to see Jesus the light of the world new and afresh as we celebrate his first advent or coming into the world to save us from our sin father be with us as we celebrate and as we worship you tonight and may we do all that we do here to your glory alone in Jesus name amen please be seated again we're so glad that you're here to celebrate this Christmas Eve with us and we do just have a few announcements for you real quickly Uh, First, the announcement you hear everywhere you go is please silence your cell phones. That would be very helpful, so they don't go off in the middle of the service. Um, We are going to be having a a candlelight at the end when we do silent Night, so everybody should have a candle. If you don't have a candle, uh, just raise your hand and and the ushers will make sure that you get one. Good, it looks like everybody has one, wonderful. And don't hold them now, because they're gonna get warm and bend over, and then that'll be a problem later, because they'll be horizontal. we, we do have a nursery in the back, but just so you... The nursery is not staffed tonight, but if any of you kids, if your parents are getting out of hand, there's a nursery down <laughs> behind the sanctuary, just you go down this hallway and make a right, and there you look up, there's a big nursery sign on the left, and it's sort of also like Motel 6, we left the light on for you, so you could just go in there, and you would still hear the uh, service and all that's going on in here. And then uh, one more thing we do have on the Welcome Center... If you go out to the sanctuary and make a right, there's a nice uh, wooden desk type thing over there. And for anybody new, um, if you want some more answers, there's a book there called uh, The Case for Christ by Lee Strobel, and feel free to take those um, from us as a free gift. Now, I think that's all the announcements, so please sit back, relax, and just reflect on this evening as the Camelones play uh, the first Noel. Yeah, great it's kind of like having the Von Trapp family but with instruments so <clears throat> we're going to read uh, scripture the, the story of Jesus's birth from Luke chapter 2 verses 1 through 20 this is going to be from the the New Living Translation the birth of Jesus at that time the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire This was the first census taken since Quirinius was governor of Syria. Syria. All returned to their ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child." And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying... Glory to God in highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Please stand, and if you are able to, and join us in singing, O Come, All Ye Faithful.
2: And it's a very simple song, but it's extremely powerful. Um, It's simply saying alleluia to Christ our Lord. And God put it on my heart maybe last week or the week before to sing it here. And if you know it or you catch on, uh, please feel free to sing with me. Hold on a moment. <laughs>
0: Traveling after this, um, nobody ever stayed foot. Oh, you're traveling? How far? Oh, honey, that's not. I'm <laughs> not really traveling. Twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah, I'm traveling home <laughs> too. But that's a anyway. Okay, are Are we ready? Yeah. All right, we are ready. Thanks you for your patience.
3: Years ago, I would have left the lights down low, but not anymore. <laughs> Let's pray, as we've already been praying. Lord, we do join with the heavenly hosts, and we realize that when our Savior entered the world, it was a, it was a night to worship, a night to marvel, a night to ponder the wonder that you would come among us and become one of us in order to save us. And we thank you, Lord, for the wonderful gift of your Son, our Savior, and Lord Jesus Christ. We pray tonight, Lord, that you might help us to think through some of the implications of his coming and to understand how it connects with where we are and what we're dealing with in our life. Even now, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Just curious how many of you are familiar with the television show The Undercover Boss. How many of you have seen that show? Okay, a number of you. Uh, The general premise of the show, and it's pretty much the same almost every time. I mean, the routine is similar. You have a CEO of a corporation or the owner of a, a company, and he decides to go undercover and to play the role of a prospective employee who wants to do things in his company. And so he would Uh, sort of try out for various positions in his company and he's interacting with various current employees in his company, and uh, or her company, and uh, it's typical every time they change the owner's hairstyle, they might wear a toupee or a wig or something, and then they always wear clothes that would clearly be much different than they normally would be wearing. They put aside the suit and the fancy, you know, uh, clothes and they wear what normal employees would wear. Anyway, um, so at the end of the show, usually the owner of the CEO reveals their true identity, having already had these encounters and these conversations with the actual employees of their company, who were trying somehow to train this person who presented themselves as obviously clueless and in need of a lot of help. And needless to say, when the person, the CEO, tells them, he says, do you know who I am? And the, sometimes they say, yeah, I know who you are. And other times they're like, no, I have no idea. And he tells them and you could just say there's just a shock on their face like, oh, that's who you are. And so all the comments that they've made and uh, they just can't get over the fact they're talking to this person and have already dealt with them earlier. As I've thought about Jesus's incarnation, the true story of God coming to earth, I'm a bit on a thin ice here, but I'm going to stretch things a little. And I'm going to suggest to you, at least for our consideration tonight, that we think of Jesus' incarnation as an undercover assignment for the sovereign God-man. That when you think about it, on the night of which Jesus first inhaled and breathed the air of Bethlehem, he did so... As one who is, at that time, the all-powerful creator of the universe, here he is coming on to the earthly scene as a vulnerable human infant. Jesus' birth, his actual birth into the world, could best be described using terms like ordinary or typical, unremarkable. There's no mention in the Bible that the infant baby Jesus had a halo around his head. There was not some sort of glow uh, being put out from his presence there on that occasion. He was there as a weak, helpless, newborn infant. And the God who eternally dwelt in light unapproachable that is he has so much glory you can't even get close to him as a human he entered into the world he made in such a humble fashion and this was jesus's i call it quote unquote undercover role and those who first saw the infant jesus at his birth did not fully realize obviously who he really really was no surprise. And that's why God graciously, and we all need a little help, have to make it clear now. So God makes it clear and explains by means of an angel who comes as a messenger and he tells him, listen, you folks don't realize the magnitude of who has just entered and made his entrance, humble entrance into this world. And so that's why we read in Luke chapter two, the angel said, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all the people. You will find a baby, humble, unassuming, normal, typical. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger that is a feeding trough. Today in the city of David, there has been born to you a Savior who is, here's the reveal, Christ, the Lord. The Messiah, the Lord. The baby born in Bethlehem, was clearly, I would call it, undercover. He was the Lord. And the title Lord carries a number of associations, and we need to sort of keep these in mind so we don't miss the impact of that statement. It's a word used in Greek that would have been translated as a title also used for Jehovah or Yahweh as the title for God in the Hebrew Scriptures. It was also a a word used to refer to the most politically powerful people of that day, which at that time happened to be, of course, the Roman emperors. And they would mandate to their subjects to say and affirm things like, Caesar is Lord. What is he saying by that? The title Lord then refers to that person who possesses the highest rank. The person who enjoys the highest level of privileges. Indeed, when we think of the coming of Jesus Christ as a newborn infant, even though it didn't appear to be the case on that occasion, Jesus rightfully deserved to have the place of highest honor. If you fast forward from the day in which Jesus was born, and we pick it up the story in his adult life, and there he is with a, a public ministry, and he's interacting with other adults, his disciples. There's a time in which Jesus dramatically revealed his identity. One day, when he took three of his disciples, Peter, James, and John, and they go to the top of a high mountain, and while on that mountain, Jesus began to shine not only did his garments that he was wearing become brilliantly white and shining, but he himself was shining. Talk about a reveal. <laughs> Blow your socks off. And so on that moment, at that moment when he is revealing this glory that he normally possesses and has possessed from all eternity, A voice came out of a cloud that enveloped them all at that moment. And the voice from heaven said, This is my Son with whom I am well pleased. Hear Him. Listen to Him. You see, God was affirming the identity of this person. It was becoming very clear for those disciples to see. And on that occasion, it was interesting that there was comments made in which Jesus, it was affirmed once again that Jesus was going to depart. He was going to die. He was going to lay down His life. And sure enough, Jesus did not continue to shine with that glorious light for long. Because soon thereafter, he resumed his humble, I call it, a disguise. I know that's a little stretch of a word, but bear with me. I'm trying to make the point here. He resumed his humble disguise. He fulfilled his Father's will by humbly offering himself in obedience to his Father's will. Coming here as a God, perfect God, and a sinless man. And he is coming to what? lay down his life on a cross, the lowest possible thing a person could do. And since Jesus humbled himself by taking on human nature, suffering as a man, as a substitute for people like you, people like you and me, people who are trying to improve ourselves, people who are trying to to gain a sense of importance and and acceptability before God and other people here is God saying you'll never find it in yourself but you will find it in only one person Jesus Christ the sinless one and sure enough Jesus his identity was made so clear as one who did humble himself in that disguise of being so weak and and lowly but then the full revelation of who he was God the Father made it very clear after Jesus died because Jesus was raised from the dead not only that, but eventually, after a number of days here talking to his disciples, convincing people who he was as a, in a resurrection body, he was ascended into heaven. And in heaven, the Bible says to us that Jesus then is seated at the right hand of God the Father, the position of highest honor and privilege and authority. So here's the one who humbled himself, the one who suffered in shame, the one who was disgraced to be killed upon a cross to pay for sins that he didn't commit. He was crowned as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's amazing. And so God the Father elevated the one who did not hold on to his divine prerogatives to the highest now of all privileges and positions of authority. It's interesting how certain people picked up who Jesus really was at certain points of his story. There's a guy named Thomas. Maybe we all sort of remember Thomas by one thing. He was the one that had a lot of doubts. wasn't really sure. He heard a lot of teaching. He was uh, familiar with a lot of things that happened, but Thomas just kept shaking his head, Said, I don't know. I just don't know. I've got some reservations. I'm not sure I'm ready to buy into this thing. But there came a time with Thomas, even after a time of unbelief, he finally understood the logical implications of Jesus' resurrection because it was something that affected him in a personal and life-transforming way. Because what did he say one day? Finally, Jesus presented himself to Thomas in his resurrection body, and Thomas responded by saying, My Lord and my God. Did you catch the word, my Lord? That means my master, the one who is the greatest of all, the one who I submit to as the supreme one. It's Peter who also picked up on the implications of who Jesus really was, and he preached his first sermon. And there he is preaching among a bunch of people, and he says this, Let all of the house of Israel know for certain that God has made Jesus even though it didn't appear this way now, again, Jesus died on a cross, right? He was rejected, nobody everybody turned away from him, he was abandoned, but God made Jesus both Lord and Messiah, this is Jesus whom you crucified. Over 700 times when you read the New Testament, Jesus is given the title Lord. Now, since Jesus is elevated to this highest position of power and honor and authority, all of us are urged to join with Thomas, the other disciples, with Peter, and to willingly subject ourselves to him, to Jesus Christ, as Lord. It is Jesus alone who is the sovereign Lord and King. And guess what? We are not. The prophet Isaiah had a wonderful invitation to this effect as he speaks on behalf of God. He says in Isaiah 45, Turn to me and be saved all the ends of the earth, for I am God, and there is no other. I have sworn by myself the word has gone forth from my mouth and will not turn back. What is that word? That to me every knee will bow, every tongue bow will swear allegiance. You see the humble story of Christmas is not to be limited to merely the birth of a little baby in Bethlehem. The humility of Jesus in his first coming is meant to impress upon us every one of us the need for all of us to humble ourselves to take and assume our proper role before Jesus Christ to acknowledge that He is the highly exalted One. He is Jesus Christ, the Lord, the Master, the Supreme One. I wonder, have you willingly come to the point in your life where you have humbled yourself, where you have confessed and admitted you need a Savior? You're not a person who has Uh, your act together you're not a person who has any kind of record to bring to god that will find acceptance before him based on your performance you have to admit that and then you say lord jesus i come i need you to save me and rescue me you to pay for the sins that i committed on that cross i trust in you and what you have done in your resurrection to prove that therefore there is complete forgiveness through your death and i place my trust in you The Bible talks about the wonderful promise that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart man believes, and with resulting in righteousness, that means that we gain a righteousness that you'll never earn or somehow accomplish by your own doing, but it's given to you as a gift By confessing your sins, acknowledging your need for a Savior, and placing your faith in Christ. And then with the mouth we confess, resulting in salvation. That's the promise that God gives us in the Word of God. Now let me just caution at this moment just to say it's not enough to merely refer to Jesus, merely using the word Lord. Some people think, oh, if I just say, Lord, Lord, keep saying Lord that there's some sort of magical impact on your life. Confessing Jesus as Lord actually means that you surrender to his authority. You surrender to his teaching. You surrender your life to him by giving him your supreme loyalty, your supreme devotion and love. And when we submit ourselves under the authority of Christ and we serve him, it includes the idea of obeying him. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? (laughs) Doesn't make any sense. It's Augustine, the early church father, who said, Jesus Christ is not valued at all until he is valued above all. And so we begin to put into place our true loyalties, our true devotion is to Christ as the chief devotion of our life, our chief love. And so Jesus calls us to willingly surrender to him as king. He's the only one who can liberate us from the bondage of sin and selfishness. That it captures the hearts of all of us if we're not careful. Jesus calls us into a new form of servitude. A liberated life of serving him as master. Now I know that sounds like, what are you saying? A liberated life of serving Jesus as master? Yes, yes. A master who loved you enough to give his life for you to save you see if I can illustrate this with suppose you're a young person and you desire to become an accomplished pianist I tried it for about three weeks it didn't work too well for me actually I continued on for a number of years but it was really a waste of time beyond that three weeks it was pretty obvious I was not going to get much make much progress in that area But if you want to become an accomplished pianist, you must submit to your teacher and instructor, a pianist who knows what they're talking about. And guess what they're going to ask you and demand that you do? All sorts of assignments to play scales. I mean, it's on and on and on. I had enough scales after three weeks, I could say, we got problems here. This is not going to work for me scales over and over, daily practice. And so when all your friends are out having fun, playing with their friends, which they used to do back when I was young. I don't know what kids do today. I think they sit home and look at YouTube. I understand. But anyway, back in years ago, you used to think about your friends having fun and you're sitting there on the piano bench involved in all sorts of the disciplines and the laborious, demanding requirements of playing these scales. And doing the same thing over and over and over. But guess what? In due time, all that self-denial will yield to a freedom that's hard to describe. The freedom of musical expression that becomes part of you. It's like the inside of you is now expressed through your fingers on this in this piano keyboard. And then you have the liberation of your inner self into this sublime, Heights of musical delight. So the person who has gone through the the yielding to the authority and the demands of what is asked of them ends up resulting in the most enjoyable pursuit of playing and enjoying music. I would suggest to you that the result of surrendering to Jesus Christ as Lord is that our lives become the fullest of what they're designed to be. It's not the end of life, it's really the fullness of life. It's actually the unifying of our life together because everything that we take part in, everything that we pursue, everything that we accomplish in life can come under the umbrella or under the rubric of, of it becomes a gift of love that you offer to the one who gave himself and his all for you. The one who who rescued us, the one who bought us, the one who now owns us is the one we now live for. So everything you do can be something you offer to him. No area of life is unimportant. No area of life is meaningless. And that we see our existence now with new eyes. We're able to see things that are fascinating. For example, Abraham Kuyper, the famous Dutchman, made this incredible statement. He said, there is not an inch Of any sphere of life which Jesus Christ the Lord does not say, Mine. In other words, he's saying that Jesus Christ is Lord of everything, every area of life. There is no secular and sacred division for those who are serving the Lord Jesus Christ. He is King and Lord over everything, it unifies our life. Let me just conclude with this statement that comes from Benjamin Hanby. He wrote and composed a, a Christmas carol in 1863. I'm sure it was a year that was not very, not very good headlines in the, in the papers at the time. As the Civil War is beginning to rage, he says this, Who is he in yonder stall, at whose feet the shepherds fall? Tis the Lord, a wondrous story. Tis the Lord, the King of glory. At His feet we humbly fall. Crown Him. Crown Him. Lord of all. Let's pray. Before I lead in prayer, I'd like you just to take a moment and think about your life. And begin to reflect on, have you willingly humbled yourself? Have you confessed Jesus Christ as Lord? If not, why not? Jesus calls us to do so. He has presented much evidence and proof of who he is. And he calls us to to surrender our lives to him to stop trying to earn our salvation to stop trying to become well good enough to be accepted by him and to simply accept and rely completely on Christ the sinless one who sub, as your substitute died for you on that cross and then was raised for your justification have you surrendered to him placed your faith in Christ and him alone and confess him as your lord and master what a night to do that tonight And then perhaps some of us who have already accomplished and who have already done so, the question comes to us, is there some area of your life that you're holding back? You don't want to surrender to the Lord? Tonight's a night where you need to think to yourself, what is Jesus the Lord calling me to lay down before him? Is there some area that you've been hiding? Is there some area that you've been deliberately refusing to come to terms with Jesus and what he is asking you to do? something you're he, he's asking you to to go somewhere to stop something to begin something that you're not willing to do what is that jesus the lord calls you to bend your knee and bow before him if you call and if you confess him as lord then surrender to him and worship him by offering that at his feet even tonight let's pray heavenly father we thank you that's your great love was shown to us so clearly in the person of Jesus Christ. How we thank you that his, in some ways, undercover entrance into this world was not limited and did not limit him and who he really was. He is indeed, it was born Lord of all, even at his birth i pray lord that you would open the eyes of our hearts that we might appreciate this truth in a in a fresh and real way that there are those here tonight lord who have always sort of kept you at arm's distance who have n- not really become serious about where they would stand if they were to die and they were to come to the end of their life and and they would have no opportunity to do anything else they would stand before you they would, they would have nowhere to turn nowhere to hide May tonight be the night where they confess you as Lord and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and truly be saved. And Lord, for some of us who have confessed you as Lord, we ask that you would work in our hearts that we might worship you by yielding and surrendering and giving before you and bowing at your feet and saying, Lord Jesus, here I am. Use me, help me, forgive me. And give me the desires to surrender fully and completely to you. Whatever it is I need to let go of or pursue or, or stop doing, Lord, we ask that you would work it in our hearts. We Accept these offerings, we pray, for we ask it through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. One of the things that we like to do at this time of our service is to acknowledge how much we need light that in the world in which Jesus came is a dark world, and we know we still live in a dark world. Even greater, we know that there's a lot of darkness in our own heart, in our own lives, and how much we need Jesus and his light to shine in every part of our life. And so we're going to ask, as we dim the lights here, we're going to have candles for everyone, and we're going to uh, begin with the lighting of this candle from the Christ candle, and then we're going to spread the Uh, Lighting through the center of the aisle, down each each there. If you'll just hold your candle upright once the candle's lit, because there will be wax that's uh, dripping. And so please be careful with the wax and with the candle, if you obviously will. If you have children with you, be careful with them as well. But let's make this a meaningful part of our worship tonight, to think about, Lord Jesus, thank you for bringing light into this dark world. May that light penetrate deeply into my dark recesses of my heart that i might know the true light of life in my heart and life Sound of ponder some of the things that uh, we talked about tonight and think about there's something you need to transact with God. Maybe your whole approach is going to be one of thankfulness as you realize how God has brought light into your life and you've seen him change you and you have much of a bright future in front of you. Maybe some of us are realizing maybe I've been living in the shadows and the light of Christ's word and, and Christ as Lord is Call me to come out of those shadows and to come into the light and find real fullness of true life in Christ. So whatever it is the Lord is trying to impress upon your heart, just take a moment. Sometimes we've been running around and been so frantic, we really haven't had time to think and ponder. So just for a moment, we'll uh, silently pray and think, and then I will uh, read a verse and we'll close in prayer. Amen. Let's stand together, holding your candle just for a second, and listen to this verse. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't be stumbling through the darkness, because you will have the light that leads to life. God's people said? Amen. Amen. Let's extinguish our candles, and then I'll pray. Let's pray together. Oh Lord, our hearts again are overflowing with thankfulness and gratitude and with love for our Savior and Lord, Jesus Christ. How we thank you that he did not remain in heaven, that he did not just look out into, for his own interests, but he was very much burdened in concern and concerned and compassionate about each of us, that he gave himself as an act of incredible sacrificial love, How we thank you, Lord, that there is the light of hope shining in this world, that someone cares enough to rescue us, to save us, to change our hearts, to give us new life. How we thank you, Lord, for a wonderful Savior who was Lord at his birth. May you be Lord in our everyday life. and We pray, Lord, that you would bring us onto the path of freedom and joy and following you as your servant. Until that day when Jesus comes again at the second advent, may we be found following Jesus as Lord, confessing Him and serving Him and loving Him. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.